Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore a Geek, episode 152. I'm Andrew. I'm Dude. And today we're going to be talking about some movie trailers that have come out recently and the unfortunate passing of uh, Anthony Bourdain. There's actually a bunch of people who died this week. Yeah, actually. And, and actually several notable suicides, in fact. Because there was a Sons of Anarchy guy passed away. Yep. Alan O'Neill. Um, Jackson O'Dell from the Goldbergs. It's kind of a character, recurring character in the Goldbergs. And what's her name? Spade. Kate Spade. Car- Kate Spade. Kate Spade, who is actually the sister-in-law of uh, actor David Spade mm-hmm. uh, and a famous famous designer, and then uh, Anthony Bourdain. So yeah, a lot of a lot of high profile and a lot of and and Spade and and Bourdain are, were both uh, suicides, which is. Mm-hmm. Oh, we also think that um, Jackson O'Dell's a suicide. Also, they believed it was a suicide. It was wow. Found dead on Friday in a sober house. Uh, according to reports, the young actor was found unresponsive at the facility in San Fernando Valley, and there are no immediate signs of foul play. So believed. Wow. It's kind of a, a bizarre spat to occur in one week. Yeah. Well, you know, I think over the last number of years, the number of th- there have been a feels like a, an increasing number of um, high profile suicides. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, just a, str- a bizarre coincidence. This is just kind of occurring. Yeah. I felt I kind of. Uh, you wanted to start with Bourdain first because sure. I think that was probably the most impactful one on the most amount of people. Yeah. And I kind of felt bad because i really don't know anything about the guy he he kind of operated in a for the most part operated in a sphere that i like the cooking and travel stuff that i didn't really pay much attention to like the only way i knew about him was uh my friend dan was a big fan oftentimes he and mike rowe would get compared to each other for whatever reason and i was a big fan of mike rowe so i would see those comparisons and then i would just see his commercials on cnn yeah so so Bourdain got his start as a as a, a line chef working in New York for about 13 years. Worked his way up, ended up being an executive chef. Um, and and kind of like he he's very I don't say not nice about things, but like he's very blunt about things and how he feels. Uh, and specifically that came to light when he he wrote a book called Kitchen uh, Kitchen Confidential, which is basically yeah, a lot of people like that book. Yeah, well, basically he talks about kind of the the underside and the things that you don't see in the restaurant industry. Um, a, a good friend of mine, Espy, uh, worked in in culinary for a number of years, and uh, he had a lot of the same kinds of stories you know sex drugs you know working crazy shifts some of the things that would be done you mm-hmm. know anthony bourdain in the, the opening for Kin- kitchen confidential he talks about um that he'll explain you know why you shouldn't buy fish on monday from a restaurant mm-hmm. that kind of stuff so it's just all that kind of thing so that made a big name for himself and then he started doing um a show for the travel channel for a long time and then eventually when that wrapped up he started doing a show for cnn so the travel channel it was more like him going to places um it, it was more like he was the host whereas the cnn it was more like following him on travels okay um but kind of where the the crossover here comes other than you know a lot of people really liked him is that a lot of people didn't realize anthony bourdain was a huge comic book nerd yeah i didn't know that until we were doing the pre-show yeah so uh, a few years back, he wrote a graphic novel for Image called Get Jiro. Where did you ever read it? I, I never heard. I of have it. not. It's one of those books I have I have meant to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend Kyle has read it and loved it. Um, a number of other people I know who have read it and, and really enjoyed it. And basically, it's like foodies have kind of taken over, mm-hmm. so that like these these executive chefs, like these um, celebrity chefs, are now more like mob bosses. <laughs> That's and funny. Yeah, and so there's this very talented sushi chef named Jiro, and uh, all of these these celebrity chefs are com- competing and fighting for him to come work for them. Is Jiro 
based on that um, Jiro Dreams of Sushi movie from 2012? What I, year was that comic book? I have to look. I don't know if it's specifically based on that or not. Or that guy. I mean, maybe not the movie, because the movie is a documentary based right. on this. It, I mean, it may it, knowing knowing Bourdain's other passions, it may very well be like yeah, I, kind of loosely based on that person, or at least like you know he just took the name yeah. For, you no, know, for, even if he didn't like borrow the personality of the person, or just I'll take I'll take the name and make him a sushi chef is kind of like a shout out to the guy. Sure, which I can see. Um, I can believe that. He also wrote a sequel a couple years later um, to get Jiro, and then at the time of his death, he was working on a uh, four part mini series for Dark Horse, I believe. Um, in an interview with Jimmy Kimmel, um, he talked about having sold his comic book collection uh, to buy drugs in the 80s, uh, which is not all that surprising. Was it the early 80s or the late 80s? I don't know. He just said the 80s. Um, yeah, because like, wasn't there a period of time where comic books were like, maybe that was the early 90s? That was the early 90s. They were just really huge. No, um, could have gotten a ton of more drugs. Yeah, I mean, Bourdain has been very honest and open about his uh, his drug addictions. So you know, it's, it's unfortunate that he sold his collection for that, but it's not really that surprising. No. Um, you, you know, it's kind of one, and I would say it's interesting listening to him because I've seen a couple of interviews with him talking about comics, and holy crap, does he know his shit? Really? Yeah, like like was legit, he a Marvel legit. or DC guy? Uh, the only thing I really ever heard him talking about was Jack Kirby. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I think I think I think it was a bit of everything, but the like the, the the stuff you go oh no he knows his shit he was talking about kirby specifically mm -hmm. so yeah um hey actually a number of people i know who have met him have met him at comic book conventions huh um yeah they, they met him well, when, when Get Jiro came out, he was doing uh, signings, and he's also gone a couple of times um, just to go, I guess. See, that's that's un it's unfortunate. And, um, you know, lately, aside from his, his travel stuff, he's, he's been making news for kind of his outspoken criticism of Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in relation to the fact that uh, he's been dating uh, Asia Argento, who is one of you know many, many women who has made accusations against Weinstein, who it's worth noting at this point has actually been um, arraigned on uh, charges. Well, Weinstein's been arraigned on yeah, charges. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Well, I think what's interesting about Asia is that she was kind of, you could say one of the canaries in the coal mines because in one of the movies she made, she basically created a scene with a Harvey Weinstein character that a essentially dramatized her encounter with him or at least one of the most dramatic encounters right with him which like when you watch it back then you're like god that's creepy and then you watch it now and you go god that's horrifying <laughs> like it actually gets worse right the deeper we get into this well and you know it's one of those things it's also worth noting it's not like ozzy argento is someone who's unfamiliar with the film industry no of like, course not like it's worth you know her father's dario argento who is a famous yep. italian director like yep. this is not like she's not you know some kind of naive young thing trying to get like that was the trying level to break in yeah that she's was already in yeah that was the level of what Har harvey weinstein was 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 that was you know even established actresses were, were oh, wait, his did victims see, did you see recently um i think mira sorvino was being interviewed about about it and i was reading an article about i think about it and that peter jackson has actually come out and interviewed saying that weinstein convinced him not to hire mira sorvino for lord of the rings no yeah it's it, there's a there's an interview out there i, I think it's was with jackson 
Jackson, and then there's another one of Mira Sorvino where Jackson's interview is mentioned. Where basically because Mira Sorvino rebuffed Harvey Weinstein after she won the Oscar for Mighty Aphrodite, uh, Weinstein was like, I'm going to ruin your career. And you've, you've at least got one real high-profile director in the form of Peter Jackson say, oh, yeah, he told me not to hire her because she was awful. So I didn't. Damn. Yeah, it was, that was that was the big, at least that was the a big revelation for Because you always hear like, you'll never work in this town again type shit all the time. Sure. But rarely do you actually hear someone go, oh, no, I was told not to hire this person. And like, you know what? I went with somebody else. Right. No, you very rarely is that uh, is that an actual thing more than a cliche. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so other than that, it's um, yeah. The other spate of deaths was an actor, uh, Alan O'Neill from Sons of Anarchy. I'll be on. I've never watched this show. I don't think I've watched a single episode of the show. The show's been out since 2008. It ended in 2014. Yeah, I never it, watched it. No, it never really appealed to me either. No, same way. But haven't there been a couple of dudes from Sons of Anarchy who have been who have died? Like, um, I feel like Alan O'Neill's not the first no, one I've heard of. I want to say of, someone of died about dying. a year ago. Yeah, that's that's terribly unfortunate. Just sitting here waiting for the uh, articles on the Sons of Anarchy curse if one more of them passes away. Right. And, and then you've got Jackson O'Dell from the Goldbergs, who was found dead in a sober house i'm trying to remember what role he played i think he was part of the brothers like backup crew or his his like his little gang the the jtp crew but i can't can't tell because the article's not they, they look different in their headshots than they do on the show sure they just do um trying to look at images to find them but uh yeah that's unfortunate if you if you haven't watched the goldbergs every time it's on we what well, we should say we put it on because it's not like i have a television where it's sure it's um i really really enjoy it it's really 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 funny no i've heard a lot of good things about it i just never got around to watching it <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I would highly recommend it. It's one of those shows that I would. Oh, okay, this is now I see him. Okay, he's he's not in the Brothers crew. I just I'm Google imaging him now to to see if I can find him. But uh, yeah, I would recommend the show immensely to everyone. Yeah. So. And then the last one would be Kate Spade, who again, I'm I don't know anything about fashion. Who she apparently hung herself with her scarf. Yeah, she did a lot of like scarves and like handbags and stuff. Um, like accessory kind of stuff. Yeah, like, it's I, a shame I know this is the first time I've ever heard of her. I know her name because she does she did a lot of like disney purses and like she had to do with oh. disney for a while um so like i've seen like i've seen her stuff at like um on, on trips and stuff when we've gone to like disney and whatnot um yeah so it's kind of like it's kind of kind of crazy this week with that um on to trailers and segueing a little bit, we talked about Ozzy Argento. Yes. The, the trailer for the remake of one of her father's most famous films uh is out suspiria yeah so that blew me away because I saw I had no idea this was being made. I saw the trailer on on YouTube the other day, and I went, "There's no way they're remake. This is the remake of the Italian slasher film." And then I watched it and went, "This is totally the remake of the Italian slasher film." But it's obviously set in like the same time period and going for the same look. Yeah, it definitely has a very similar kind of look. Mm -hmm. Like just that grainy '80s or late '70s yeah. film. Like it looks like it was filmed with cameras from the '70s. Yep. And I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, I was like, it's kind of fun that they can achieve that effect with digital equipment. I think that's really cool. I wish they'd... I love that look, that kind of mild grain. I, I, I have a... You know what I'm talking about? Like, this that mild, grainy well, film. Yeah, no, that, well, like, you and I... It's kind of layered over. I, I just get a kick out of that You look. and I talked about this many, many years ago about how you wanted, like, a completely unrestored version of Star Wars. Yes. Yes, and, yes, and, yes, and yes. it just it just go it goes to that same idea where you want that you want the grain and the noise in there and I mean I've seen I've I've seen images of like the unrestored and it's not it's not pretty 
at least no, it's not. Yeah, no, at least I'm un- sure it's not uncleaned. Right. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's definitely kind of cool as to to what you can do with with digital technology now. But I mean, it looks interesting to say the least. Yes, I'm I'm definitely on board with seeing this. So on top of that, we had the Bumblebee trailer. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm just. Nah. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I can think back to 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 you and I and Chris and Rich going to see the, the original Transformers on the 4th of July Yeah, and being like, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was really great. And then it's just been a massive landslide downhill since then for that franchise. Yeah. I got I I jumped out of the franchise after movie three. I saw movie I was like, four either on like HBO. Is it Becky's house? Whether on HBO or it was on um, a Blu-ray her roommate bought. Yeah, and it it, it it was not good. And in fact, it places it actually got a little bit creepy. Like yeah, that was the one with Mark where they introduced Mark Wahlberg and his like daughter dating a twenty-year-old. Yeah, yeah, that was a little creepy. Yeah, that was a little weird. Um, yeah, I've heard people talking like, oh, you know, this could be the film to, to save the franchise, and I was like, no. Let it let it die. Yeah, it, it won't. But even if it does, don't do that. Don't save the franchise. It's really okay. Let the franchise go. Just make it, make it go away. Yeah. I don't even know what the hell this is supposed to be about. Like that's the one thing is is if you're gonna make a trailer, you're gonna try and get me excited. It's like what the hell is it gonna be about? What are we doing now? Right. That's the stuff. Some of these movies are just like what what are we talking about? Yeah. Like how how much more can we do? Like when is this supposed to be set? Is this a is this in the same universe? Is it after? movie five is it before movie one what do we talk i don't I have no idea what we're dealing with here right so yeah and it's just mm, mm, uh, yeah no, i don't have nothing to say about that um what about wreck it ralph because i don't there are a couple i just made you watch so what about wreck it ralph right too wreck it ralph looked cute i mean i've never been this is from uh disney animation yep. uh i didn't see the first one uh and i don't usually see a lot of animation films it looks cute I think it'll be fun. I'm sure it'll do well. Oh, yeah. The, the sequence with the princesses was actually kind of funny. Yeah, when they're all describing all the horrible things that have happened to them. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what, what else makes it more interesting. <laughs> of course, it's got to be horrible. Right. The, the funny part was she's like, are you guys okay? Do I need to call the police? <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Well, it's because when you, when, you, when you look at it from that perspective, you're like, yeah, maybe maybe we should be calling the police here. Yeah. Um. No, I'm looking forward to that one. I enjoyed the first one. A lot of great video game culture references and jokes in it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what about uh, the Lego movie uh, part two? That looks cute. I enjoyed the first one. Uh, the first one did really, really well. I enjoyed the Batman Lego movie, even though it got kind of out of hand at the last. Yeah, I remember us talking. So. Yeah, us talking about that. You're like, it just it just went over the top and didn't know where to go. Yeah, <laughs> really, that movie got out of hand. So this one, yeah, I'll I'll definitely be interested in seeing the le- the second Lego movie. I think it's it's quite cute. I'm not sure again like what it's going for. I'm what, I'm enjoying what the premises. I'm enjoying the idea of them like making fun of post apocalyptic settings yes. though. Yeah, so I don't because people remember... people love those so much, and I just want to fucking trash on them all the time. Yeah, I, that that's a separate topic in and of itself. Is I don't know I don't know how we can get this pessimistic. Like I understand when like Huxley and Orwell and uh, Jack London. We're all writing these kind of post-apocalyptic dystopian futures, like at the cusp of the Cold War and into the middle of it. I get it. But but now they're like super popular and I don't know and what's also, driving like, it. also like they look the same. Everything's a fucking desert wasteland. It's like if you're going to do this, at least be creative about it. Well, yeah, at least, yeah, at least the road, you know, 
there was trees. But everyone else wants to t- have it take place in a desert. Yeah, I mean, like, there have been a couple that have been um, a little more creative. I think the, the Last of Us, not having played the game, but I think The Last of Us is a little more creative with that. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's just, like, a lot of the same. And I'm just like, okay. But I, I'm looking forward to them, like, poking fun at it, you know? Yes, totally. Um, let's see, what was what other trailers did we have? Halloween, which I'm, I'm refusing to watch. Yeah, I just, I have no, like, no interest in that franchise. No, yeah, neither do I. I, I, I remember the first zombie, the frob zombie one that we thought was okay because it's like it actually tried to make something a little bit different and gave you kind of a really interesting origin story. And then like the second half is just a rush shot for shot remake of the first one. Right. And then I watched parts of the second one and it was just kind of silly. It was at least his own thing, but I was actually having a conversation with uh, our buddy Rich about this and he his point is that the continuity to this franchise in particular is so screwy it's kind of a joke in and of itself yeah like just really nothing makes sense because apparently jamie lee curtis is, is back for this one again and she's been training like i mean what else has jamie jamie lee curtis been doing lately though oh we're really nothing yeah just we were actually talking about that the other night we were watching we were watching the fights because cm punk was fighting last night in ufc 225 yeah and then uh hotel artemis came out this weekend it was in jody foster was in it and they're like are you gonna go see that i was like i really have no interest in seeing hotel artemis and they're like what why should i care and it's like who jodie foster is in it I was like who gives a shit about jodie foster what was the last thing you can name she was in like yeah, elysium probably yeah what was the last good thing a long engagement where she po- spoke french like what contact wow in 1998 <laughs> that's the last thing i can think of that i saw her in <laughs> yeah it's like the last thing i saw her in was elysium that was 2000 that was what was elysium that was like 10 years ago no it wasn't that long ago it was elysium i have to look that up i don't even know how to spell elysium it starts with an e oh i got it thank you bing <laughs> oh 2013 so five years ago yeah i didn't think it was, it was that long ago no yeah it, was, it just it just felt like it yeah contact was <laughs> 1997 now i'm looking at it uh uh Actually, that's legit the last thing she did. I'm sorry, take that back. Well, you have Hotel Artemis in 2018, and then she does an appearance on Conan. This is all per her IMDb page, and then a short video about uh, called Scorsese's Women, a short, a video short, and then Elysium, and then some movie called Carnage, The Beaver. Yeah, speaking speaking of like an interview on uh, whatever show you just said, you ever look, have you ever looked on Conan? Have you ever looked at Will Smith's IMDb page? It lists uh, not every fucking interview he's done. Really? Yeah, I remember I was scrolling through like trying to find something like this, the the order of movies that came out, and it was like his self section was just fucking insane. Oh, good God, you're right. It like literally lists the episodes of Extra. Yeah. That's weird. Yep, Entertainment Tonight, Access Hollywood, The Today Show. Yeah, going all the way back to the fucking 90s. Like MTV, MTV Awards. Yeah. It starts with, yo, MTV raps in 1990, 1988. Yep. That is weird. Performer of the 21st NAACP Image Awards. Showtime, <laughs> Showtime of the Apollo. The Earth Day special. What? I, I, I feel like this is just one of those. It doesn't like, even look like it's in English. From Mezemashi to no, Rebbe. Well, like some of the stuff, like I definitely think is like his, his fucking, um, his, his, his agent has got to be doing some of that shit. Yeah, he's, that, that, that's got to be someone doing that. Like, oh, here, this was him on Tavis Smiley in 2007. Yeah. It, 
episode of E! True Hollywood? Oh, that makes sense. But why would you need him on? Why would you need a credit for HBO First Look? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. All right, well. Also, hang on, also in his IMDb, just as worth pointing out, a bunch of his music videos are listed. Under what, shorts? Or, or under actor and then like under, just music? Under actor and then it's like video short. Short, right. Getting I j- see him. Just cruising, getting jiggy with it. <laughs> like, Miami. Holy crap. Black, just the two of us. Yeah. Alicia Keys and Eve, brother part two. Good lord. That's oh, so weird. Oh yeah, so I d- briefly I did want to talk a little bit. I know you didn't watch this. It's not it's not that big a deal. But briefly I did want to talk a little bit about um, CM Punk because we talk a little bit of wrestling on the show with our friend Chris and he, he wasn't able to join us, but he was with me to watch CM Punk attempt to I don't know what to call it extend his UFC career at UFC 225 in his hometown of Chicago after being away from the fight scene for nearly. 630 something days yeah i will say this i i was kind of rooting for cm punk if he knocked out or stopped his opponent which his name was mike jackson in the second round it would have been probably one of my i would have gone crazy because it would have been just a huge 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 upset uh i was expecting him to get cm punk to get stopped in the second round via tko or straight knockout because he was going up against a a, a, a pretty well accomplished amateur boxer like a golden gloves a 2011 houston golden gloves champion and a and a guy who's had four four and oh professional fights and all four were knockouts sure so expecting him to get hurt and he definitely got hurt but he made it to a decision so that was that but what was kind of funny is i'll paint the picture for you as we were at dave and busters to watch this and at the same time as the CM Punk fight was about to start. It was the bottom of the ninth in the Subway series between the Mets and the Yankees. Yep. The Mets had jumped off to a 3-0 lead and were and in the they, process of losing. It. Right. Yes. It's because it's the Mets. Because it's the Mets. So we're watching it on one TV and we're watching the Mets just get you know, slowly dismantled by the Yankees. And the Mets game ends. There's two on. The tying, the, the winning run is is on first. You know, a double could do this. Guy just pops it up into the outfield and, and on the second out and the game's over. And immediately the CM Punk, we just shift our attention to the next TV and the CM Punk fight is starting. And we watch CM Punk get beat for three five minute round straight and just looked terrible. So poor Chris was having a full on conniption fit sure. while watching this, which was amusing to me, but I definitely didn't feel bad for CM Punk. And I have a feeling this is kind of, certainly it's the end of his fight career with the UFC. Sure. But but it was fun while the ride lasted. It's just really hard for a 39-year-old former pro wrestler sure. to jump into the, the elite of all elite fighting sports and expect to do well. He at least did respectable. But I don't know what happens to poor CM Punk after this because, you know, he hasn't wrestled since like 2013, right. 2015 or something. And he just won his lawsuit over the week that the, the WWE doctor was suing him. So, you know, he had to get deposed. I mean, he... he won his lawsuit thank goodness and so he's not gonna owe the wwe millions of dollars and all that kind of stuff but man you talk about like burning bridges right i mean the most interesting that came out of that lawsuit thing was that cm punk straight up crapped his pants during a house show that was kind of funny nice like he said like in the in the in the podcast that were suing him over that he had crapped his pants and then he got deposed and like said the date and the time and the moment he shit his pants and i'm like i am so tempted to look that up all right man so what have you been into this week 
week? I guess it's it's been a dead week, but I did have time to go stop off at the bookstore. I was, I was dropping my car off at the mechanic, and there's a Barnes & Noble nearby. So I picked up a few things because I had, like, uh, some coupons from Barnes & Noble, and I picked up Conan the Slayer, uh, Conan the Slayer trade. Yep. And here's screwed me up is that Dark Horse. So now Dark Horse is doing the big omnibus of the Conan books. And I have a, I don't know how many volumes. My the, the latest volume I have of Conan from Dark Horse is volume 19. So I have a lot of them. Right. I don't have all of them. I have a lot of them. And now they're coming out in these big blocky omnibuses yep. that they've been that they've been doing kind of with Preacher. And a bunch of other, not Dark Horse in particular, but I've seen other companies do these, like, rather than, like, one-volume trades, now they're three-volume, four-volume omnibuses. Yeah. But I picked up this Conan the Slayer from Dark Horse, which was their most recent attempt at Conan from maybe about two, three years ago. And the thing is, the comic book stores I went to, I they even, just didn't I, I, carry I, I it. think it's, like, a year ago. I think it's not that long it's ago. It's not that long? Okay. I thought it was a little bit longer than that. I thought it was, like, 2015. But maybe it was 2016, 2017. I don't know. But, like, the, the comic book stores I went to didn't carry this trade they can't carry the the periodicals so seeing them in trade form I was like oh okay cool i'll pick i'll pick one of these up so i was like flipping through one of them and i was like oh okay this is this is pretty cool uh conan's fighting this giant red dude okay and i'm walking around and then i, I put it back because I'm, I'm i'm browsing and then I, I go in and i grab it again because they didn't put numbers right you know i'm used to seeing volume one or at least a number on the spine of the book Right. I'm expecting that. And I'm flipping through the book after I've purchased it. I'm at Denny's reading it. And I'm, I'm like, this is pretty cool. And I'm like, where's the blonde girl and the giant red dude? I don't see him here. Did I get the right book? And then I realized that they didn't number them on the spine. So I just grabbed a random book without knowing like what the, it was. It was called Blood in His Wake. And just by coincidence, it does happen to be the first volume. But you don't find that out until you open it up and look at this tiny ass print behind the cover page that you 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 need a magnet magnifying glass to to see right it is it is an absolute joke nevertheless i've gotten about halfway through it i haven't gotten a chance to sit down and finish it but it's pretty typical conan story which i love you know he's being hunted by these raiders he gets taken in by a, another nomadic raider group he helps them political intrigue ensues there's an adventure and then supernatural monsters show up and conan's got to fight him and he gets laid a bunch of times it is pretty standard fare and uh artwork's really good it's, it's a lot of fun it's definitely really gory and uh, i am enjoying the the heck out of that also since i had some stuff some coupons i picked up two books focused on the early or the american revolution and then the early republic one's called the american revolutions a continental history 1750 to 1804 by alan taylor and i think i had mentioned this with you before when we talk about like napoleon history is that you know while i don't besmirch historians as bad historians or are having agendas it is interesting to see what historians emphasize and or leave out when they do their books Sure. And if Napoleonic history is somewhat politically charged, and I'm using the word politically charged loosely in that respect for, for what you emphasize, how you view Napoleon or the era or the other people that operated in, in, the, in the era around him, uh, the American Revolution, particularly for Americans, is like that cranked up to 11. So anytime you read or watch or do anything with the American Revolution, you really have to kind of not take it with a grain of salt, but be really... How do I say this? Be really careful about how you're reading the history. Right. 
and 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 you really actually need to read a lot of it because no one historian I have found in any popular history book I've ever read will ever give you the full and complete story. It's it's just I, I think it's quite difficult to do that, um, particularly about a large topic like the American Revolution. Nevertheless, I, I've read the first couple chapters already. It's it's really quite good. Um, and then the other one I picked up. It was like a really cheap buy. It was um, Thomas Jefferson and the Tripoli Pirates, the forgotten war that changed American history. Maybe a, a bit of a hyperbolic subtitle, but that the the American war between it and the Barbary Pirates during Jefferson's first term is a, a period in American history that holds a little bit of fascination for me because it really does read like a Hollywood adventure story. Yeah. Like a, almost like a Disney Hollywood adventure story. And it's... Uh, I've always been fascinated by it, and I've I've got uh, Osprey books on the topic, and I've saved old magazine articles on the topic from like Military History magazine, and this is a book that's le- a little little over 200 pages, and it seems like an easy and fun read. So I, I've, I'm looking forward to the, just browsing through this one. That's really it for me. Oh, uh, let's see. So I'm into- I'm also slowly trying to convince my brother to play Sins of a Solar Empire because he's playing some game called like Stellaris or Stellaris or whatever and he's hating it I'm like dude just buy sins we'll play it together it's be fine game six years old it's still great yeah no very 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 much um let's see so i i, I worked a fucked up schedule all week and then um and then was sick for two days so it's Out. been it's been like a hell of a week for me um i'm still kind of like mentally recovering like trying to get myself on a on a normal schedule only to have to go on a fucked up schedule at the end of the week so we'll we'll see what happens we'll see how long i survive um having said that i have gotten to the second season of Babylon 5 Mm -hmm. and a couple things I've noticed about this, the series. One is that the uh, political intrigues in the show are done very, very well. And I, you and I had talked like, earlier in the week about how, how they were a lot better than what Star Trek normally does. Mm-hmm. In part because, you know, the vast majority of Star Trek really is ex- exceptionally episodic. Yep. So it's hard to build intrigue in, in 42 minutes. Um, the other thing is, at the start of the second season, there is a noticeable jump in quality of production. Mm-hmm. You know, the the, the first season they make do with what they've got and they do a good job but you know it's definitely not the highest budget show by the time you get to season two obviously the popularity's picked up and their their budgets have have significantly improved mm-hmm. so that that's kind of nice and and again i like bruce Boxleiter, so you know the the transition from from shared from um from one captain to the other was not that bad um i have also been playing kingdom hearts which is a lot of fun because you know it's a lot of goofy disney stuff mixed in with like jrpgs and <laughs> Final Fantasy and like and it's one of those things like you go oh well, that, you know I don't know how well that would mix and it, it mixes it mixes great they got a lot mm. of like the original Disney voice actors mm. so like I'm pretty sure James Woods does the voice of Hades in the game mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun I think if it's not Danny DeVito it's definitely someone who does a very good Danny DeVito impression doing um, the the goat character from Hercules mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I mean that, that that's all just a lot of fun the the voice acting is really on point there so and other than that like we've we've been on a on a major push to unpack like becky got really fed up with the uh all the boxes in the garage Mm -hmm. so i spent like three hours yesterday just bringing boxes and putting them in the applicable room and then unpacking like said boxes yeah unpacking like five boxes worth of books in my office i'm really glad i purged a bunch of books though because i've got one shelf of paperback fiction that's doubled up but that's it so far yeah i'm in the process of purging some board games and some books myself yeah board games aren't aren't really an issue for me but uh oh they are for me well i know 
it out for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and then as soon as we're done here, I actually get to uh, embark on a bit of an adventure. Uh, I'm going to go attempt to mow my lawn for the first time. Ah. And probably the first time I've used a lawnmower in about a decade, or in about two decades. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. No, I was definitely like probably about 13 the last time I'd used a, a lawnmower. You about to say, y'all had lawns in Phoenix? It was mostly dead. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, some people did. My, my one neighbor had a gorgeous lawn. Just Lloyd spent all of his time keeping that. On that on that damn thing. <laughs> keeping it alive. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Lloyd was retired, too, so that helped. Um, yeah, no, I mean, growing up, I don't think you've... I know you have. I think you have seen my parents' house. It's all once. Uh, yeah, it's all, but it's all rock out front. Right, which I think is a genius idea. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm fully behind that. But you know, if I've got a lawn, then I'm gonna do my damnedest to, to keep it yeah. up until yeah, it kills a, you, me. You live in an area where grass lives. If I like here, we have, we wind up with a lawn here. It's gonna be desert. <laughs> it's gonna be rock plants and stuff like that. It's turf. Yeah. It's it's astroturf. Yep. Actually, I say that my my grandmother actually got a, a strip of astroturf to put out for the dog. <laughs> he loved it. Dog loved it. Um. Yeah, I think that's about it. Cool. All right, folks. If you like what we do, make sure you head on over to thereforegeek.com. You can check out our podcast and our blog posts. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find this podcast and other podcasts like it on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. <laughs> so once again, I'm Andrew. I'm Duke. And you've been listening to Therefore I Geek.